0: Twins lose again at Kauffman Stadium in Game 2. There were some positives here. Chris Paddock, nice start. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the offensive struggles. We'll talk about tomorrow's game. Twins going to try to salvage a sweep here. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day, and welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 20th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Again, this is Nash Walker. Been writing at Twins Daily for over two years, been hosting this podcast for over two years. It's my fourth season at Twins Daily, it's my third season. On the pod, talking about a Twins loss tonight at the K. Thought they'd bounce back. I genuinely hoped they would bounce back tonight after a bad loss last night where they blew a lead. They they should have won that game, and they lost last night. Thought they would bounce back against a left-handed starter, Daniel Lynch, who is talented clearly, throws 95 from the left side with a hard slider, but just not a guy who should be mowing through this Twins lineup, and he did. The Twins lineup again tonight was awful. This stat really sticks out to me. After the Twins got a walk or a hit tonight, which didn't happen very often, and they only had singles tonight, so once they got on first base, they were 0-8 after a walk or a hit, and I believe they had three double plays tonight, just rally-killing double plays. I believe two came with no outs in the inning. 0 for 8 after a walk or a hit. Awful. You're probably wondering, like, what's the problem here? I think it's a lot of things. Brandon Warren and I talked about this in the postcast. You can check out the postcast. If you're confused about what the postcast is, Brandon and I, every day after every game, get on and talk for 10 minutes, go back and forth for a little bit uh, on that that day's game and then the game for the next day. So if you want to check that out, you can. We talked a little bit about what the problem is the fly ball heavy approach is not working right now for the twins. It's a lot of pop-ups, a lot of pop-ups right now for the twins. Like they're just not, when they are hitting the ball hard, it's getting caught and they're not hitting the ball hard often enough. And is part of that, the weather it might be, but everybody's hitting in the cold, right? And I know they've played more cold games than a lot of other teams. That's true. They have. And I do believe that as it warms up, they'll have a, a better chance scoring runs. They'll have a better uh, not approach. I think their approach is fine. They will be better I think when the weather warms up. But digging this hole is a problem and it's something we talk about. It's okay to struggle a little bit offensively. Everybody's struggling offensively. Two things. Struggling at this level offensively is not okay. This is they're not even able to score against the Royals. Left-handed starter who had a 5.50 ERA last year. This is not acceptable. Two, you got to find ways to win in despite your offensive struggles. You have to find a way to win some of these games. And Brandon pointed it out tonight. Five and seven feels a whole lot different than four and eight. Four and eight, losing eight of your first 12 games. That's a that's a bad start. And I sat here you know, Monday talking about this team, or actually, it would have been Sunday talking about this team. They had a chance here to, after splitting that series at Fenway, come out and just punch the Royals in the mouth right off the bat on the road and, and win two out of three, if not sweep this series. Instead, they've dropped the first two, and they're at serious risk of a sweep tomorrow with Zach Grinke going against Joe Ryan. It, it's a bad start. This is a bad start. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is a bad start when before it looked like an okay start. wasn't an ideal start. Now it's just a plain-out bad start for the twins after you know a season last year where they were terrible and a lot of people checked out and those people have maybe checked back in to see what Correa is doing check back in to see how this new look team how they might be gelling they're probably going to turn it off again like they're going to focus on the wolves and wild right now and they might do that otherwise but this is not how you get fans back after a season like last year 2019 the the first half, that team won fans, myself included. I would not be sitting here. That's why I talk about 19 so much. Would not be sitting here if not for the 40 and 18 start in 2019. Because I'll be honest, like I had checked out as a fan for a while because I was frustrated. They kept losing. You know, 2017 was fun. 2018 sucked again. And 2016 was so embarrassing. I checked out a little bit as a fan and I checked back in in 2019 and, and really found my passion through that team. And I think it helped me find what I want to do in the future. But that team brought in a lot of people. Like, that team did a lot for a lot of people. And last year's team, I think, did a lot for a lot of people, too. I think it it had the opposite effect. And this is just me spitballing, but I think there was an impact last year. Absolutely there was an impact. Viewership, people getting to the ballpark, people are going to go. A lot of people are just going to go anyway. They're going to go to just be there at Target Field. But there is a subset of fans that go when the team's good, and they'll go to more games when the team's good, and I'm part of that group too. I don't get paid to go to games. I'll go to games, and I'm more likely to go to games if they're good, as any fan is. So it's frustrating, and they're digging that hole again. The offense is bad right now, but when you continue to dig dig this hole and keep digging and digging, and let's put this into perspective, they're two and a half games out from the Sox and Cleveland in the Central. Like It's a hole at 4-8, and but it's not – of course, it's not insurmountable. We have 150 games left to play. You're just putting so much pressure on everybody when you do this. And you do it two years in a row. It's like double pressure on everybody. You know, guys are pressing. You know, guys are, they see the record and they see how, how things have been going. And it just, it, it can get even uglier. And we saw that last year with the Twins. So it's frustrating. Let's talk about Chris Paddock. He had a really nice start. We'll talk about him after this word from Blue Nile. Whether she prefers a statement piece or or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Twins listeners get $50 off $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON. Locked On Twins listeners get $50 off $500 at BlueNile.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. So the Twins' offense is bad. We know that. It's really bad. It hasn't been good. And what makes it even worse is that this rotation has come through in such a good way. They're not going eight innings, eight shutout innings. But what I always look for from a starter, this is the question I ask myself after every start. And sometimes it's arbitrary. Sometimes people disagree. Did that starter give their team a chance to win? And I say this constantly, but it's true. That means usually going five or six, three or less earned runs. Did you give them a chance to win? And you know, for the most part, the Twins starters have given them a chance to win on a nightly basis, and they're just not winning those games, which makes this even more frustrating. Chris Paddock tonight averaging 94 with the fastball, hit 96. I think something the Twins really liked about Chris Paddock is because his changeup is his best pitch, and maybe it's his curveball, which would even be better because his changeup is is a good pitch, He has those reverse splits, which means he's going to get lefties out. He's gotten lefties out easier than he's gotten righties out throughout his career. I think as a right-handed pitcher, that should perk you up every single time if you're a front office and say he can already get lefties out at a pretty efficient rate. He's a right-handed starter. We tweak some things, tweak the pitch mix a little bit, throw more curves to righties. We think we can even out those splits and he can be good against both sides. He was in 2019. I think that can happen with Chris Paddock here. Most exciting thing for Chris Paddock, I don't think he's going to become like an ace for the Twins, but I think he's legitimately could be a number three for them, like as soon as next year, when before he's maybe a fringe five, you know, maybe a four, but I think he can be a solid number three in this rotation moving forward, and he has two years left of team control after this. So this is the first you're seeing of Chris Paddock, and it's definitely not the last you're seeing of Chris Paddock. It's great to see him pitch well. And I think getting out of the NL West, we talked about this during the trade, after the trade happened, getting out of the NL West, the platoon heavy giants, I think hurt him last year. The Dodgers are a whole different animal. The Rockies at Coors Field. The D-backs even have some guys who can hit. You could tell Marte and every team has guys who can hit. I think getting out of the NL West, getting to the American League Central, facing lineups like the Royals, facing lineups like the Tigers, improved, but still not great. Not really scoring here early on either. The White Sox will be a challenge for him. But outside of outside of the Sox, he's going to have some nice matchups in this division. And getting to target field where I think overall definitely a pitcher benefits from moving away from most parks and going to target field. The exceptions are like Miami and St. Louis maybe and a couple others. But going to Minnesota is usually a good thing for a pitcher at target field. So I, I'm excited about Chris Paddock. I think he can be good for them. I think he can give them a chance to win And most of his starts, like every fifth day, I think could give the twins a chance to win. And someone who who seems to do that every time out is Joe Ryan. He's going to go tomorrow. Twins have to weather the storm, as I've said, and find a way to stop the bleeding here in Kansas City in the short term. Find a way in the short term to stop this bleeding. Can't get swept. Like dropping to four and nine, that's panic. Like, oh my, oh my goodness, they're four and nine. That's, that's not that's not good. I mean, four and eight's not good. You dropped to four and nine all of a sudden. It's four and ten. Do you see how this can this can snowball? This these bad things pile on top of each other. These losses. Ooh, you you lost a game there. Ooh, you didn't play well there. Oh, you blew a game there. All of a sudden, you're four and twelve, and it's over in April, <laughs> unless you go on some crazy stretch. Right. I did this last year where I said you know just be patient because I, I was confident that team would be good last year. And I was clearly wrong. I'll say it again with this offense. I would not be patient like I, that would be remiss to tell you to be patient. like that's that's ridiculous. You have a right to be frustrated. I have a right to be frustrated uh, in this twins offense. but I'll just tell you my confidence in them. it's definitely lowered. I'm not as confident in the lineup as I was like a week ago even, but I'm still somewhat confident they'll be a league average or better unit offensively this year. I think they have a lot of guys who can bob. I think as it gets warmer, that will help them. Maybe it's a naive statement. Maybe it's it's not right. But I'm also hoping that Byron Buxton's healthy, and I know Carlos Correa is going to turn it around. So uh, I'm still hopeful. Let's talk about the DH problem though, because I think there may be some things they can do right now that will help this team. After this word from Built Bar, have you tried Built Bar puffs? If you already like Built Bars, and even if you haven't tried a Built Bar, you're going to love them. You got to try the puffs. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting flavors. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors: yummy cinnamon, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good! These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs are included. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, full of protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com. They aren't. There's only 130 calories in most built bars. Scroll down to the macros chart. It's insane and they're delicious. Go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Ryan Jeffers 0 for 3 tonight with two strikeouts, 4 for 27 on the season with four singles, nine strikeouts, and four walks. Mitch Garver's not lighting it up in Texas, but it's not apples to apples. Mitch Garver might be performing differently as a twin, right At, in this moment. could be matchup based, could be anything. He could be performing better in this moment with the twins. There's an environment, way more factors than just, oh, let's pluck him out of Texas and oh, that's what he would be doing in Minnesota. That's not how it works. The Garver loss is hurting them right now. If you insert who Garver's been over the last three years into this lineup. Right now, I think it looks a lot different than it has, and I was fine with the plan coming into the year of DHing one of the two against lefties and catching the other against lefties with Garver and Jeffers. I was fine with that. I think Garver's a better hitter than Gary Sanchez, though. So you lose that when you acquired Gary Sanchez, and now that plan where Garver might be leading off against lefties, he's that good in those matchups he would be leading off probably or hitting third or fourth in those matchups. Now it's Gary Sanchez who you can't really hit third or fourth, even against lefties. Like he's just not the same. And you still have Jeffers who you're not sure what you have still in Ryan Jeffers. And he was good against lefties last year, at least league average against lefties last year. And as a catcher, that's valuable in those spots, but it looks a lot different than it would with Garver in the middle against lefties with Sanchez and, and with Jeffers. So it's a, it's a DH problem. What magnifies this problem, I think at times I know how much Twins fans appreciated Nelson Cruz, and I will always talk about Nelson Cruz in the highest of lights. Like, I think the world of him thought the world of him when he was in Minnesota. Losing Nelson Cruz, like, that sucks. Think of the production that's lost, A, out of the DH spot every single day, like a thousand OPS out of the DH spot, but B, against left handed pitching. Nelly was so good against lefties. To have him in the middle of that lineup every single day against lefties as a DH and you had Garver catching against lefties. You could see why they destroyed Southpaws with Nelson Cruz, mostly in 19. Uh, not you know, really much since then, but Nelly did his part. Every year, Nelly did his part in all matchups. It sucks to lose him. You're replacing him with Ryan Jeffers right now from the first half of last year. You're replacing Nelson Cruz with Ryan Jeffers. That's just not that's not tenable. The Taylor Rogers loss has already hurt them, right? They've already blown games on the back end. And Carlos is not getting it done. The offseason, I thought, was a B. And early on through 12 games, it's just not doing it. Like these guys, their decisions, I, Chris Paddock's been good. Chris Archer's been good. Dylan Bundy's been good. Don't get me wrong. Their more significant moves, which was signing Carlos Correa, getting rid of Donaldson, getting rid of Garver, and trading away Taylor Rogers those are your significant moves where you're taking the most from the team you already had. And right now I wish I had those guys back for what they moved them for. Right. I I might prefer at, in this moment, you know, maybe Carlos Correa isn't getting paid 35 million and that money is elsewhere. Right. He's just not doing it right now. These guys aren't doing it. And I love the Correa signing. I supported it to the fullest and I still will, uh, but he's just not doing it. Like these guys need to pick it up. Plain and simple. Need to pick it up. Everybody, one through nine, needs to pick it up. Look at the guy next to you. Pick him up. Pick each other up. Especially the leaders of this team. Like, Carlos Correa, I'm sorry, hasn't been a twin, but dude, you're a leader of this team. Like, you're one of the leaders. You're a veteran. you played in 80 postseason games, 79 postseason games, and, you know, people are looking at you and Buxton's hurt to lead and this offense is not led. This offense is just gross and it's, it's so bad that I think people are jumping ship on this team already, which I don't blame you. Like, I don't blame you if you're jumping ship on this team already, especially after what happened last year, if the tunes are coming off another 90 win playoff birth season and this happened, they were, you know, lost eight of their first 12, you'd be like, all right, you know, it sucks. The offense will come around. We've seen them do it before, but that's not the case. Like they won 73 games last year and they were embarrassing for a lot of the summer. So they got to turn it around, and it's it's just important now to do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's April, but do it now. Stop kicking that can. The can is dented, the can is crushed. You can't kick it anymore. You're four and eight. You're four and eight. That's just ugly. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a great day. Go twins. Thank you for making locked on twins your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again for listening. Leave a comment, subscribe, like. Thank you so much. You're the reason I do this. Thank you, and go Twins.